looking for a gift for a friend, classmate, professor, co-host of a podcast, or really anyone? Physio Memes got your back with apparel, drinkware, and home decor. And if you go to physiomemes.com, you can get a 20% off coupon with the code gratitude, spelled G-R-A-D-I-T-U-D-E-2020. And don't forget to check out his social media for a good study break laugh. As always, make life humorous. The SPT Secret Society is open for students who are looking to make a massive change in their PT school journey with fellow SPTs from around the world through our three pillars of study habits, personal development, and finances. This is for the motivated SPT ready to take action now because you know PT school is only a couple years long. So what are you waiting for? Click the link right now in the show notes to join us in the SPT Secret Society. And get your first month free by emailing us, ecretsay, E-C-R-E-T-S-A-Y. Welcome to Gratitude, the grad school guide for student physical therapists. I'm Gabby. And I'm Sarah. And we are two physical therapy students on our journey to get that DPT debt free. And our vision for you is to get through PT school on your first try without any debt. Join us as we navigate through the insanity of physical therapy school together. Welcome everyone to another episode of Gratitude, and today we are very excited to have this special guest with us, and Jess is here on the podcast, so welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me, guys. We're really excited to have you on, and for the people who don't know who you are, you want to tell a little bit about what got you into PT in the first place? Yeah, sure. Uh, So I am a traveling physical therapist. I've been a traveling physical therapist for over 10 years now. Um, What got me into PT in the first place? I wish that I had some beautiful story about how I injured myself and then I found PT and I got better, but that wasn't the case at all. A lot of people tend to have that kind of story. Um, I was just looking at different career options. I knew I wanted to go into healthcare and I found physical therapy that way. I shadowed a physical therapist and I thought, yeah, this is for me. I could talk to people all day, help them to feel better, learn about the body and be in healthcare without having to be on call or work nights. So that's how I got into PT. But uh, from there, I, after graduation, I worked for an outpatient clinic for a little bit uh, as a perm therapist. Uh, And then the person I was dating at the time wanted to try travel PT. And I'll be honest, I did not want to be a travel PT. Um, I was scared at first. I didn't want to leave my home or a consistent job or my family. And so I, I didn't want to do it, but he said, look, let's just try it. And if we don't like it, we can come back home. And I thought, Hey, why not? You can try anything for 13 weeks. So tried it. And it was the best decision of my life. Um, so that's how I got into travel PT. And then since then I, uh, there was no looking back. I mean, there, there was no other option for me and travel PT 
after about four years as a travel PT, I realized a lot of people started coming to me with questions about how to become a travel PT and how to do it successfully. And I realized that a lot of the knowledge I had gained had to be shared. So I thought uh, blogging was a new, new thing back then. Uh, so I decided to start a blog about being a travel PT and uh, there I established Wonderlust PTs. Uh, that was in 2016, and since then it has morphed into webinars and online courses and coaching and mentoring uh, and just a lot of resources for different aspiring travel PTs. And uh, since COVID has hit, I have been coaching now travel PTs, but also any aspiring entrepreneurial PT to also start their own online business and virtual clinic too. So that's kind of been my journey into PT, travel PT, and now coaching and mentoring. That is amazing. First of all, it's quite a journey, right? Like you start outpatient and then you go travel and then like, it's kind of scary because people always say, well, don't go into travel, your first job, whatever. And that's just not true. Like that's a whole nother story we can get into. Um, but what were your first thoughts about travel, the good and the bad? And like, what was it like in your first travel job? Yeah. I think that ignorance was bliss in that first travel job. Uh, all we had heard about travel from other coworkers, colleagues was uh, travel's great, you should try it from other friends who had been doing it. So there we were off and trying the travel gig, but we were not good at it. Like we learned through mistakes, trial and error, baptism by fire in that first job and thereafter too, for a couple of years until we learned all the ins and outs of it. Uh, but you don't know what you don't know. And especially as a new grad, especially as a new traveler, uh, especially as a new PT. So you don't even know the questions to ask. And that's why it's, it's so important to learn from people who have been there before and know how to coach you through that. Exactly. Uh, jinx. <laughs> no, uh, that's, that's super important. And did you, let's backtrack um, because we always like to talk about PT school. So how was how was um, PT school for you, especially uh, in the first semester and then going forward? PT school, it seems so long ago and I feel like I'm dating myself for saying that, but um, <laughs> PT school, it was, um, I, I imagine I had a very typical PT school experience. Um, didn't have, I think there were maybe 30 to 40 in my class and uh, it was a three plus three program. So maybe an accelerated program but in six years you could have your DPT. And uh, it, was, it was a great experience. I loved it. I can't remember much about it, I guess, but <laughs> no, it was, it was great. <laughs> People always uh, block out some like bad memories of PT school and the good ones too. It's just a lot, right? And I it think is. that's what also makes it amazing it in is. retrospect, I'm sure. Um, and what was, I guess, what was the expectation? And Gabby, you can backtrack even more if you want to, but what was the expectation you had as a new grad? What did you think it would be versus what was it really like in your first job? I'm okay. Now, now I'm thinking of things that I could say in, in regards to this. In PT school, you learn the clinical aspects of patient care, which are awesome and they're great. But depending on where you want to go with your career and where you want to go in your life, it's the things that you learn outside of the clinical box 
that are going to help you grow into the clinician or the business person or the entrepreneur or build the lifestyle or the career that you want. It's the things outside of that clinical box that are going to help you grow. So in PT school, I learned how to be a PT, but when I stepped into my first job, I was eager to take the reins at a outpatient clinic where I was the only PT after mentorship and training and guidance. Uh, I stepped into a outpatient clinic where I was the only PT and I was able to take a small clinic and double it in size and patient care and help grow and help market to doctors and help understand the understand the business and the billing aspect of it. And those aren't really things that you get in PT school or that you learn in PT school. Uh, and so that's where my interest in entrepreneurism started, or, you know, I've always kind of had that burning desire deep down in me of like, how can I make this into something? Uh, and then after PT school, after taking that, my experience at that first clinic, I realized that the more I learn about things outside of clinical care and outside of patient care, in addition to learning about patient care, but, and invested in myself to learn in the scope of marketing or business or copywriting or online course creation or webinars or telehealth. It was those pieces that helped me to grow even more inside of my career than just learning clinical care or patient care or so those that's what you learn in school and then when you step outside of school it's how are you going to expand your knowledge in order to reach more people help more people uh, and so I think that it would be some advice that I would give for students is to start thinking now about not just the clinical aspect of it but what other things do you know where else are you are your skill sets and tap into those and learn where your strengths are and then grow from there in addition to being a great physical therapist and offering great clinical care as well. Yeah, I think that's such a great point to make and to just really think about that. And there are so many things you have outside of school. Um, and even after you're done and, you know, working, whatever it may be. Uh, so, you know, going through um, travel PT, I know we just talked about uh, you know, you can't do it as a new grad. So if you want to go through some of the, uh, I guess, myths, whatever you want to call it of, uh, being a new grad traveler. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks Gabby. Uh, so exactly. One of the biggest fears or myths of travel PT is that you cannot travel as a new grad or a lot of professors, maybe other colleagues might say, you need to get experience first. And in my experience, that isn't the case. In fact, 80 to 90% of travel therapy jobs are actually the same jobs that you would be applying for if you were to relocate to that area and be looking for a permanent job. 80 to 90% of these travel jobs are seeking permanent staff. So in other words, they want you to get there and enjoy your time in hopes that they might get you to sign on permanently majority, if not all of the jobs that I've worked for have offered me a full-time job. So the fact that there's a difference between travel jobs and permanent jobs is not necessarily the case. I think it's really important for new grads to understand whether it's a travel job or a permanent job, not every job is right for new grads. And the important part is to ask the right questions on the interview and understand what the answers mean in order to know whether it's going to be the right fit for you or not. So if you ask them, 
what kind of mentorship do you have available? What other support staff is there? Who do I report to? How long is orientation? How long is the ramp up period? What do you expect of me? If you're asking those questions and their answers are not sufficient or detailed enough for you, then you know maybe that job isn't right for you. So the fact that it's not good for new grads or travel therapy isn't good for new grads, that's not the case. I've helped thousands of new grads become traveling therapists. Uh, another myth, that you, uh, a lot of people do hear about is that, well, you're going to get sent to bad places. Have you guys heard that one before? You're going to get sent to bad places. Uh, so I like to break that one down too. And that's, again, not the case at all. You're never sent or forced to go anywhere. It's not like they call you up and say, hey, pack your bags. You're getting shipped to this place. That's not how it works. You are actually totally in control of not only where you apply to, like where you decide to put your application into, but also where you interview with. And then after you interview, if, if they like the interview and they offer you the job, you're ultimately deciding whether or not you want to accept the job or not. So you are in control of deciding, one, whether you want to apply there, two, whether you want to interview, and three, whether you want to accept the job or not. So it's up to you to ask the right questions on the interview and do some research to determine, is that really a place that you want to go to or not? And if it's not, then don't even put your application in there, right? So that's another one that I hear often. And what would you say some of the differences are? And I know this is, you know, a big myth, like you said, travel PT jobs are so different than full-time jobs, but it's really the same thing, just a shorter time frame. You want to touch on like, what is actually different about it if what you're doing at the workplace is the same? Like, is the pay different? Are the time frames different? Like that kind of detail about it. Sure. So travel therapy is when a hospital facility, a facility, let's say a facility like an outpatient clinic, a hospital system, a home health care facility, a school-based system, uh, really along any setting needs a therapist or nurse or uh, doctors even for a short period of time. And typically that period of time is 13 weeks at a time. And this is because it's the minimum amount of time that you can usually found, find short-term housing for. So three months, 13 weeks at a time. Uh, and so for 13 weeks at a time, you come and you contract at that facility. If they like you and you like them and they need you longer, then they could extend that contract for longer or up to a year even, but no longer than a year. Otherwise you aren't considered a traveler really anymore. Um, so that's the length of time. As far as your job duties, usually you're stepping into the same role as the other permanent therapists that are already working there. And if you're not, then that's a red flag to look out for, right? So some skilled nursing facilities might have a certain expectation of their permanent staff, say 80% productivity, but then if a traveling therapist come in, they might re require a 90% productivity of that therapist. And so right there, I would say friends is a red flag and you should proceed with caution uh, in accepting or declining that job. If they're gonna have a different expectation of you as they do of the other staff, that doesn't seem quite right. Um, with that regarding pay, traveling therapists get benefits regarding within, in regards to taxes, we get uh, tax-free stipends for housing and meals because we're traveling for work. And as a result, uh, that coupled with the fact that 
These facilities need us for short term and usually ASAP. So they're willing to dish out a little bit more money in order to get us there. So those two things coupled together help to increase the compensation for traveling therapists significantly more compared to travel uh, permanent therapists. So for example, permanent therapists, the average new grad salary is about $66,000 a year. Whereas a traveling therapist, even as a new grad, could make equivalent to over $100,000 a year, depending. And that's considering you don't even work the whole year necessarily, right? Like you have the 13 month, con- or not, not 13 month, 13 week contract, and then like figure out whatever is next. And maybe you have a few weeks break and then you go to the next place. And do you actually travel kind of nonstop? Like how many weeks out of the year are you working, I guess, to make that hundred K plus? Yeah. And it all depends on each contract. So each contract is a little bit different. Um, but I usually compare apples to apples. So I'm saying if you're a new grad PT, you might get two to three weeks of paid vacation or paid time off. Whereas a, as a traveler, you don't get paid time off, but you just take out that three weeks of paid time and you might make equivalent to $95,000 or a hundred thousand. So three, four, it, it depends. You can take off as much or as little time off as you want, which is one of the biggest perks in my opinion, as a traveler is you have total freedom to work when you want and where you want, as long as there are jobs available there. Yeah, that's really great. And I know a lot of students, since we really don't get this in school at all, um, it's great to hear that. And uh, just for students, you know, listening to know like, okay, you know, this is, this is really great um, that it's an option. And um, what has been, I guess, in the, if there was a clinic or um, any setting that you did that was most memorable to you during your travel experience, if you had like one specific um, clinic or just uh, setting that you resonated with really well. There, when you say, you know, experiences that have resonated with me, I mean, it's, I'm overjoyed with the experiences that pop into my head to think of uh, our second assignment was in a home health agency in South Carolina. And I'd never done home health before. I didn't know what to expect. And we were just welcomed into the most beautiful bunch of people who just took so much time to train us and get us oriented to what home health is, how to do it correctly, really cared about their patients and had a wonderful experience there in home health as new grads being trained perfectly in my opinion. Um, And we ended up staying there for about 11 months. So almost a year because it was just, a great experience, even though we hadn't had that in, uh, in school. And then I've worked in some amazing outpatient clinics, uh, both solo, uh, both with my partner at the time, and also alongside of other very skilled clinicians that I learned from, which tends to be another, I think, myth of travel therapy as well. You won't grow clinically or you won't grow as a clinician. And In my opinion, if you in five or 10 years have worked between 10 or 20 different clinics alongside of 50 plus clinicians, you're learning from them, they're learning from you, you're learning amongst different businesses, different concepts for efficiency, EMRs, and so you're expanding your toolkit and your experience among the clinicians and the settings and the patient populations and the different cultures and in a different way than you would be if you were to just stay in one spot for five years. 
So I, again, have to disagree with that myth of you don't grow clinically as a new grad in, in a travel PT position. And just to clarify, how long were you traveling total? Like, are you still doing travel PT? Yeah. I, so my last assignment ended April after COVID. So I started in March and then I ended uh, in April because of COVID. So I did get let go as did a lot of other people. Um, and since then I've been coaching PTs to start their own online business and virtual clinics. So I've been doing a lot with that. And as a result, I haven't uh, gone back into the travel PT world just yet. That coupled with the effects that COVID had on the travel market, which I'd, I'd like to mention and will be important for new grads to hear. Uh, travel PT, when COVID first hit, so back in the spring, let's say pre-COVID, on average, there were about 100 PT jobs in the nation at any given time, 100 PT jobs on any given day. COVID hit, and there were like five to seven PT travel PT jobs, like postings for new jobs for people to apply to. And at the same time, all of the PTs, not only travel PTs, but also perm PTs got furloughed and got let go. So the market was then flooded with PTs. Now I would say we've recovered about 50%, which is great news. So we're about 50 jobs or more, 70 jobs uh, posted daily for travel PTs. Uh, in addition to other, I've seen some other interesting jobs pop up that are for travelers or for PTs or any kind of travel healthcare professionals. Um, but we haven't quite come back to the 100% mark, like the 100 jobs in, in any given day yet. With that said, it's important as a new grad to recognize that the market is saturated with travel PTs right now. And if you want to become a travel PT, you absolutely can. And I encourage you to still try, but you have to one, set yourself, set yourself apart from other people. What sets you apart from all of the other PTs out there? Why are you different? And that could be uh, because of the different patient care experiences. It could be the business training that you've had. It could be your previous career that, you know, you've, you, this is your second career as a PT. But what sets you apart? That's important. And it's also really important to know that you now have to be really flexible as a travel PT. So you have to be open to location and setting. It's, it's no longer feasible to say, well, I want to find a travel PT job in just North Carolina or just this location, uh, but I'm open to any setting. Or somebody might say, I'm willing to just work an outpatient, but I only want an outpatient job and that's all I want and I'm willing to go anywhere. In the past, that might have been acceptable, but now you just have to be open to say what travel PT jobs are out there that are good for new grads and are willing to accept and train new grads. Uh, so that's the new mentality that surrounds travel PT. And uh, I've had new grads recently be placed as new grad travelers. So it, it's definitely, you're, you're able to do it, but you just have to be flexible. Yeah, I think that's a really good point too. And now that we, you know, we're almost, uh, as we're recording this in January, 2021, we're almost a year since we, uh, since the pandemic started, but uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's crazy to think and glad that, you know, jobs are, um, bouncing back, but, um, what, what are some of the, I guess, top tips? Um, I know we've talked about a lot, but actually 
let's take that out. Let's transition to telehealth uh, because we know that's been such a big thing now during COVID. And how have you been able to utilize your telehealth experience uh, pre-COVID uh, to you know helping clinicians do that for themselves? Yeah, Gabby, I was really interested in telehealth about two years ago. So very pre-COVID, I knew that telehealth, or in my opinion, telehealth was going to be the next big thing. Uh, it was going to take off. That was two years ago. So I actually enrolled in Rob Vining's telehealth residency program in an effort to learn absolutely everything as quickly as possible about telehealth and to start my own virtual clinic and online practice. So I had already dabbled in online business and marketing and webinars and online courses and things like that through uh, Wonderless PTs. And I also wanted to share this knowledge about telehealth too. So I went through uh, Rob Binding's telehealth residency course. I established my own virtual clinic and I realized that it was not only accessible to PTs or easily done, uh, that I realized that PTs needed to be doing this. They could practice autonomously. They could do this from home. It could be a side gig. They could work with friends and family on the side. Like it was very accessible for PTs and also very accessible for patients too, to, to have telehealth in this way. Um, I didn't always feel this way about telehealth though, to just back up a little bit. When I first heard about telehealth, I thought as many PTs do, well, I'm a manual therapist. I need to touch my patients. How would I assess them properly? Is it safe to be assessing them? If I'm not there in the room with them, how will I know? And the more that I learned about telehealth and, uh, read the research out there, I realized that telehealth is not only an effective form of treatment, it can be as effective, if not more, it can save money. There was a Duke study done uh, with total knee replacements and they compared virtual care to conventional care and saw a savings of over $2,700 per plan of care. So there's a cost savings benefit with that. I learned that for musculoskeletal pain, the most efficient form of treatment is through therapeutic exercise and education, both of which can be done via telehealth. So I, I educated myself about telehealth and the more I did, the more I bought into it. And from there, I realized I needed to learn more from Rob and set up my own practice and then help other PTs to start doing it too. Uh, this was about a year before COVID uh, hit and I'm you know, learning about telehealth, really excited. And then COVID hit and I saw not only myself get let go from jobs, but all of my coworkers, all of my colleagues, all of my uh, classmates from school getting furloughed and getting let go. And I thought, okay, well, we can just sit back and wait for the travel market to bounce back or wait for, you know, our, our perm jobs to come back or the patients are still out there. They still need us. We can get in front of them in a different way and we can become autonomous and start practicing ourselves just as chiropractors do, just as massage therapists do. And I encourage other therapists to start their own cash-based clinics, online courses, businesses. And that really excites me to put the power back in uh, the therapists, to not be waiting around for the jobs to open back up, but for, to empower them to create something for their own and their own businesses. And so my telehealth training helped me to empower others uh, to do that. Not to mention the travel PT job that I was in right before I got let go from COVID. It was a hospital-based outpatient clinic. 
they had, I, I saw it coming that the doors were going to close and I approached the director and said, I know about telehealth. Can I help you set up your telehealth program? Uh, so it was really an honor to be a part of a big hospital systems establishment of their systems for the telehealth that was imparted basically in that clinic in order to transition from inpatient care to outpatient or to telehealth care. That's amazing. Like, first of all, telehealth, I mean, it's such, it was such a sudden change for a lot of hospitals and outpatient clinics. And you can't just let people go who are still in pain, who still need you and say, good luck. Like we're closing our doors and don't have any other options. So I think telehealth is an amazing opportunity for the patients and for all the PTs out there and other healthcare professionals to still be able to help people. And I'm wondering too, did you have telehealth education in school at all? Or what was that like before all of this happened? There was no telehealth education in school. And I'm trying to think back of back to when I first even heard of the concept. It might have just been like an ad on TV, something about like an MD anywhere where it was a doctor's visit for a cold or something that I saw for the very first time. And that was, of course, pre-COVID. And um, I can't remember where I started learning about telehealth for the first time, but uh, it might have been the Facebook group, the Telehealth PT Providers Facebook group, again, run by uh, Rob Bining. But the more you dig in there, the more it's just it's a fantastic community. Uh, lots of support there. Yeah. And I think now schools obviously have transitioned uh, online and I know um, some even pro bono clinics uh, associated with programs have done telehealth. And I think uh, I actually have been able to do it as a student and even pre-COVID as well. Um, and it's just a, it's such a great uh, experience and it can be, I guess, challenging, especially for students, because we're so hands-on um, and just trying to uh, communicate and word things. I, I definitely had difficulty, especially for neuro patients who, you know, had a stroke and you're like, okay, what can I do to keep number one, keep them safe. And number two, you know, still provide therapeutic exercise and education. So I, I think that's really important. So for, for students, what would you recommend, um, I guess, if they don't get it in school, what steps they should take to learn more about it? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Facebook group, the PT Providers Facebook group, I think is a great place to start. And if you have any kind of questions, first type it in the search bar, because chances are somebody's already asked that question. Uh, two, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I'm happy to answer any and all of your questions about telehealth. Karen Finnan was another really great resource. I'd like to consider her maybe the mother of telehealth. She is an Australian-based physical therapist that I think has been doing telehealth for maybe 20 years. So she did it before it was even a big thing here. And she was doing it in order to provide care to people in very rural parts of Australia. She wanted to provide care and could they couldn't access the care. And so that was her solution to it. And I think she was one of the first um, to, to start doing that. So karenfinnan.com, I think, uh, but you could Google her as well. I love that story. I think it's so important, especially in the rural areas. We could go, we could go on a whole tangent here. I'm going to stop myself for a second because I do want to touch on like advice for aspiring entrepreneurs and stuff like that, because this is new for you too. When did you start your business? Uh, my business 
Wonderless PTs is a blog started in 2016, but the business itself started in uh, 2017. And that was more of the coaching mm-hmm. um, for aspiring travel PTs. But I would say just the, the two years ago when I started learning telehealth uh, from Rob Vining and then understanding that I needed to combine, uh, as I was saying before, the more tools you learn outside of clinical care, the stronger you become as uh, in your career, whatever whatever that is, whether it's into business or as a physical therapist or the more tools in your belt outside of that one thing that you do like physical therapy. So um, learning online business and learning webinars and online courses and telehealth and and I'm a physical therapist and all of those things uh, combined help me to then help other entrepreneurs start and grow their own uh, businesses. Yeah. And for, have you seen, I guess right now with clinicians um, who were practicing in person now having a virtual clinic, uh, I guess what are the maybe one or two common questions um, or obstacles that, you know, physical therapists have been facing while starting their own um, uh, virtual clinic? That's a really good question uh, because I would say imposter syndrome Imposter syndrome is one of the biggest and most limiting things that somebody that would keep somebody from pursuing their dreams, whether it's travel therapy, uh, opening their own business, whether it be physical therapy or otherwise, or just anything like that. Imposter syndrome spreads across the career in all career types, all categories. And imposter syndrome is your fear of being found out as a fraud. And so my advice for new grads or even PTs with experience who might uh, think of themselves as like, well, I'm not good enough to be opening my own business or to be having uh, doing telehealth treatments or to be helping these people. My questions to them to consider before they start having this negative self-talk is, are you a doctor of physical therapy? Do you know more than the person that you're trying to help? Can you help them? Are you saving them time and solving their problem? This one's really important. Might they not have otherwise sought care had it not been for you? Are you continuing to learn through CEUs and other courses? If you can't help that patient or don't know, what will you do? And do you have a mentor or a coach to help you along the way? So after asking yourself these questions, now how do you feel regarding imposter syndrome? You know, for that one person that's like, oh, I can't do this, I'm a new grad. And so I, I ask these questions to a lot of the people that I coach and afterwards they're like, you know what, Jess, I, I do help people and I can help people. But for some reason we come out of PT school thinking like, well, I can't, I'm not good enough. I, and a lot of the clinicians that I coach to start their own online businesses, majority of them are new grads and they're doing amazing things. Dr. Samantha Hoover at rainbowembrace.com. She came to me as a new grad and she wanted to create a physical therapy clinic for the LBGTQ plus community. And so she is now the specialist for inclusive and informed care across the gender spectrum. And I thought that is such a beautiful concept. This needs to be created. I am so excited for you. And I, I can't wait to help you create this. And so this is what she did. She built this. She has her own podcast. She has her own company, her own business. And she, my friends, is a new grad. So you can do this, you can make a difference and you can create something for yourselves and help patients. And for those of you listening, (laughs) I'm looking at it right now because I have to, I mean, I got to look into this now. And 
It's called, so you can look everything under the rainbow podcast. If you guys are looking to hear more about it and we'll put everything in the show notes, you guys can check everything out, but that's so cool that new grads can honestly, I mean, you guys, new grads do this stuff. And I hope if you all are listening to this, you feel like a little empowered and less imposter syndrome, because really there is no need to have imposter syndrome, like overtake your feelings to go for that entrepreneurial journey that you want to, or go for that travel job or go for X, Y, Z, whatever it may be. So thank you for saying that. Yes. Thank you for giving me a platform to say it because more people need to say it. So thank you guys for providing a platform to reach thousands of students and physical therapists alike, and a place for me to say, pursue your dreams, guys. Don't let your imposter syndrome or the negative talk in your brain tell you otherwise or other clinicians or professors or pursue your dreams, figure out what it is you want and, and build it because you can do it. That's amazing advice. And for all the students listening, replay that because it's so true. And you know, there's going to be seasons of our life. That's going to be harder, excuse me, harder than others. And, you know, you just need to hear those empowering, encouraging words and, uh, we, you know, thank you. And for those who want to reach out to you, where can they find you on social media? Yes. On social media, I am wanderlust PTs on Instagram, on Facebook, please like, and follow me there as well as wanderlustpts.com. I have a lot of free resources, free downloads, uh, 10 must ask interview questions. I have a free travel therapy 101 webinar. I also offer online courses and things like that. Um, remember guys, growth happens outside of your comfort zone, right? We all know that as physical therapists, it's only when we start feeling the strain or the stretch or the discomfort that we start getting stronger and growing. And that's just uh, something to, to take home. I love that analogy. Only when you start to like feel the stretch that like, you know, it kind of fits with what we're doing. It like makes a ton of sense. So I love that. Um, and one more question, I know we touched on so much and you already gave a lot of advice, but if you had to give just one piece of advice to a current SPT, what would you tell them? Start before you're ready. Start before you're ready because ladies look at you guys in your podcast. Are you SPTs still? Yes. For those of you listening in the future, we are not graduating until Gabby's graduating in April of 2021. And I'll be graduating in May of 2021. Were you guys ready when you started this? Hell no. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Right. Start before you're ready. If you're even considering it, you're already ready. So um, that would be my advice. If you guys you don't have to be physical therapists already. You don't have to be graduated to do great things. Sarah and Gabby are perfect examples of this. You guys are making huge waves and doing amazing things. And other students of physical therapy can do that too, even though you're not graduated. There are so many opportunities out there. Find a problem and solve it and uh, start before you're ready. I love those two things. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Thank you so much. It has been an honor and I'm so happy to be here with you today. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Gratitude. We would absolutely love to hear your biggest takeaway from this episode and share it out on all of the social media platforms and tag us so we can see it. 
And if you like our show, the best thing you could do is to take a minute to write a review to help us get this out to more students like you to shift the narrative away from stressed and broke SPT.